No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody aboard. And thank you for joining me on Talking Bass in PDX, the Bass and Warm Water Forum as we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. I'd like to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to the podcast. This is your forum for bass and warm water fishing. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends about the podcast. Well, I'm adding a new feature this month to the podcast. Starting next month, we will be having monthly reports from Greg Marshall, of Oregon Kayak Bass Fishing. Now these results are going to cover their online challenges and their live challenges. So look forward to hearing that and we will have Greg up in just a minute to talk about how he got into fishing and talk a little bit more about this new monthly segment that we're going to have. My first guest is Greg Marshall. So let's get right to it, and he'll be talking about how he got into bass fishing and more about Oregon kayak bass fishing. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Don. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it is quite a pleasure to meet up with you. You know, before we get going, we're going to have a new segment coming up here on Talking Bass and PDX, and that's what Greg is going to be doing. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about, Greg, how'd you get into fishing? Well, when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather, you know, took me fishing. You know, I grew up in Ohio, and we, he, did, he did all the pay lakes. So uh, we would go out. I remember going out in the back, his backyard with a flashlight, catching the night crawlers. And he would take me out, you know, uh, when I was a young child, and we'd go to the catfish lakes there in uh, southwest Ohio. And then uh, as I got older and started bluegill fishing and had the old Zepco 303, and I, I just always loved fishing, uh, even as, as a kid and a teenager. And, when I got a chance to, and I didn't do it a lot. Uh, I just wasn't in our family DNA, if you will, um, as far as, you know, living with my, my parents. But, uh, yeah, always loved it. We used to spend uh, all of our summers at Dale Hollow uh, in Tennessee, if you're familiar with that lake. It's a pretty well-known bass lake. But, honestly, I never fished it for bass. Then I started, uh, I, got, I got back into fishing as an adult when I had kids, uh, probably about the mid-'90s. And uh, I used to take a trip, a week-long trip over to Brownlee every May, uh, with a, a bunch of guys, and you know, there would be anywhere from, you know, 15 to 25 of us every week, and those that had boats would bring them, and those that didn't, you know, they would ride along, and we always, everybody always had a full boat. We'd have four or five guys in a boat, and we'd bass fish all day long, and then catfish in the afternoon once we limited out, or crappie fished, and uh, I did that for about 10 years, and then I kind of got out of it, and um, for a long time, and I got right back into bass fishing uh, just this past year. Well, that's great. I am uh, so happy to hear that you're back enjoying bass fishing again. And, you know, everyone that I've spoken to about Brownlee has such fond memories of, of fishing that area, and uh, it, is, it is just one of the best areas out in the eastern part of the state to go, whether you're crappie fishing or bass fishing or cat fishing. It's just a great place to, uh, to go and, and uh, take your friends and your family, for that matter. Well, the reason I've got Greg on, this is kind of a special announcement that I would like to uh, to make to my listeners. We're going to be adding an event to Talking Bass and PDX the podcast. We are partnering up, uh, Greg and I, and we're going to be talking about kayak fishing. And as many of you know, I've had several folks on 
talking about kayak fishing, and I really enjoy their style of fishing. And so I wanted to add this particular segment to the show. So I'm going to hand it over to Greg. Greg's going to talk about the association that we're going to have with Kayak Fishing Northwest and the information that he's going to be bringing you on a monthly basis. Well, Don, thanks. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to be a, the on-the-street reporter, if you will, for the live events, and then I'll give you a monthly updates as well for our online challenges. What we're going to be doing with this segment is talking about kayak fishing, uh, specifically here in the Northwest. Uh, there is an organization called Kayak Fishing Northwest. It covers three, three clubs. Uh, there's one in Oregon, one in Washington, and one in Idaho. Uh, Marvin Forte is the tournament director for Kayak Fishing Northwest, uh, and, each of the, and he also uh, is the tournament director for Oregon, uh, Kayak Bass Fishing, and then there's two separate um, uh, individuals that work, for, work with Washington and Idaho, and the three of them together uh, form Kayak Fishing Northwest. And so what we hope to do through this segment is bring you a rundown after each live event uh, within Oregon. Uh, I will be attending all of the Oregon events live and then also giving you monthly rundowns from our online challenges. So the online challenges are a calendar month, and they started this month in March, uh, and they'll run through September. There will be one for each month for the online challenges. And then each of the live events, uh, we'll cover those as well. The first one being on, August, on, me, on April 16th. That'll be the season kickoff open. Uh, anybody that's interested in kayak fishing at all, I recommend to check that out. You can go to KFNW or kayakfishingnorthwest.com for information. You do not need to be a club member for this event. This is an open. Uh, we will have prizes, et cetera. Uh, and in basically what this is is just an introduction to kayak fishing. And everybody that comes, um, the, the, especially the, the newer folks, will be paired with a more experienced kayak fisherman uh, or woman. We do have women in the club. Uh, and so uh, this open event gives you the opportunity to really kind of feel it out. And, again, you don't have to – it's not a big uh, money expense. It's going to be at Dorena Lake there off of Cottage Grove. And, again, it's a live event. Um, it's going to be a shotgun start at, on the uh, April 16th. Uh, then the rest of the season, we're going to have uh, an event in uh, May, uh, tour event number one, we're calling it. And that's going to be a huge event because we're actually, for the first time, bringing all three clubs, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, into one location. And we're going to be fishing uh, on the Columbia River, uh, what's called Lake Wallula. That's going to be in the Tri-Cities area. June is going to be down in Applegate. Uh, July, we're going to be at Crane Prairie in um, there's also a little offshoot going to happen there at Davis Lake for people that like to fly fish. And then uh, back on the kayak fishing, we're going to do uh, an event here in the uh, Portland area, actually Willamette, uh, the Willamette River and the Boone's Ferry area in August. And then Ta um, Takanich will be our last event, uh, live event in um, September. Now, of those events, there's going to be a follow-up. There's going to be the West Coast Championship. So, those top 25 competitors of all of those live events that I just mentioned will compete and get invited to those. There's a few other great events that are going to happen. Uh, NRS is going to have a big event uh, that they're going to host, um, as well as Native is going to do a, an event in Potholes in July as well. So there's a lot of opportunity uh, for people to kayak bass fish, and uh, we're hoping to give uh, your audience uh, an update and, and help explain what's happening and answer any questions they may have along the way. 
Well, Greg, this is some great information. I think it's going to be a wonderful segment. And folks out there that are listening and they go, oh, kayak fishing. Well, not only are we going to talk about the kayak fishing and the winners, they will also uh, get their um, they'll get their kudos here on the show. But you're going to hear a lot about areas up here in the Northwest where there is some really good fishing. So maybe the kayak segment. Uh, you want to hear about that because you want to hear about kayak fishing, but maybe you want to listen in because you also want to hear about some of these great places that they're going to be going. So I hope that everybody enjoys this segment. If you'd like to, please send me an email at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. Greg, I'd like to thank you for being on this month. I look forward to uh, not only fishing with you next month, so we're going to have a live um, April update, and uh, I may even bring my recorder down. We may even do some live interviews down at uh, Dorena Lake, but we'll have our monthly report too. So, Greg, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Don. I look forward to uh, bringing everybody information about kayak fishing. Again, if you want information, you can reach out to Don. You can go to uh, kayakfishingnorthwest.com. Great events. If you're a quality fisher person, you can make some money as well. I mean, these we have some pretty good payouts at these events, uh, and almost every event, somebody walk, you, everybody walks home with something. The sponsors have really stepped up over the course of the years, and just about every event, you walk home, you'll, you'll go home with something of, of quality, uh, you know, from a lithium battery to, uh, Don, we didn't really talk about this, but I actually won a complete kayak system, over a $4,000 value this past year. You know, that's right. We, um, you were telling me about that. Tell me how you won that kayak. So just being a participant in uh, Oregon kayak uh, Oregon kayak bass fishing, uh, you had to have participated in at least four of the five events. Uh, I actually attended all five, but I had to stop on one because I had a mechanical failure, so I didn't actually qualify. I didn't finish that one, let's put it that way. That was a DNF in, in NASCAR terms. Um, but uh, I did participate in the four, and frankly, it was a lottery. My name got pulled out of the hat, and uh, one for each. Um, uh, uh, group. So there was one for, there was a, a winner for Oregon and a winner for Washington and a winner for Idaho. Then our names went into another hat and the three of us got pulled out. And Old Town was our sponsor last year and they donated three kayaks. They had a uh, uh, the Autopilot 136, which is what I won. They also had the uh, 106 um, and then the uh, Sportsman 130 uh, PDL as well. So these were not, you know, inexpensive kayaks by any means. Uh, and, and Old Town stepped up and really, really did a really great job. And I was just fortunate enough for the first time in my life to actually win a lottery. Well, congratulations on that win. I can't wait to see the kayak. You'll see it come up in April because bring I'm bringing it down and we'll be fishing with it. Well, I'd like to thank Greg for his time, and he's going to be on with me monthly, kind of like a co-host. It's going to be a great time to hear from Greg each month because you'll be hearing about the results of the tournament and you'll be hearing about some bodies of water that they've been fishing in. Now, next up on the podcast is Chuck Ciccarelli of Fish Fighter Products. Now, this interview was recorded back a few months ago, but with the supply chain problems and things going on, I just didn't want to overload Chuck's group, but now that everybody's back working again, it's springtime, 
Many of us have our boats out and are ready to go fishing. Or if you're looking to organize your boat or outfitting a new boat, this is a must-listen interview. Chuck has some of the greatest products I have seen to organize your boat. Hey, we're here at Fish Camp 2021, and I am here with Chuck Ciccarelli of Fish Fighter Products out of Mountain Home, Idaho. Chuck, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Don, thanks for having me on. On this is really exciting. I'm uh, when you started talking to me about bass fishing. I, I mean, I really perked up. <laughs> well, that uh, really the uh, the podcast is really focused out on bass and warm water fishing. And as I came out here to fish camp, I didn't know really what to expect. But your product has really got me excited about looking into it for my boat because, as a real organized fisherman. I like the things to go very fast, and you had a great example. I hope you'll bring it up. But before we get too far into this, tell our, our audience a little bit about what you have and t- some of the products that, that they could uh, get on their boat. Yeah, and you know, if I, I you know, I, I'll, I'll talk along, but I, I really wanted to kind of rewind a little bit and tell you kind of how we started, and. And, and our big claim to fame is uh, making products for the tow truck industry. And what we really did is, uh, being out in the middle of nowhere, we started building stuff to make our tow trucks more efficient, right? Hammer holders, shovel holders, fire extinguisher mounts, things that when you're out there at three o'clock in the morning in the middle of a snowstorm, you could make your job better, right? And our company is called In The Ditch Towing Products. So we make people, products for people that make their living in the ditch. Does that make sense? Very good. And that same passion and my desire to organize that transferred over to my boat. And uh, started organizing my boat, making it as efficient as possible. As we talked a little bit earlier, um, uh, an organized boat is an efficient boat. And you know we've really been talking a lot about why is it, and we saw it here at Tish Fish Camp, why is it that 10% of the anglers seem to be catching 90% of the fish? What is it that they're doing different, right? And a lot of it comes down to um, efficiency and having products that that they can rely on and that helps keep things organized. And I'm not talking about a, a Plano box. Obviously, it'll organize things, but our stuff organizes it and puts it out where you can actually use it. And so as we started putting these on my boat, um, I remember once we were 60 miles up the Salmon River on our jet boat, and a guy comes walking up to me on the riverbank. Now that's that's remote. This is jet boat access only or mule. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's like, you're the guy that makes that sinker organizer. And I go, yeah, I got one. He goes, I gotta have one. And then pretty soon, the desi- you know, people wanting this stuff that's really when Fish, Fish Fighter was born. It was 60 miles up the Salmon River on a jet boat run okay. with really passionate, you know, one of our taglines is hard or products for the hardcore products for the serious fishermen. You know, just like here at Fish Camp, these guys that are fishing here are some of the best. And, you know, they, they really separate themselves from other anglers. And, we really feel like our products 
they're not something you're going to find at an average tackle store. You know what I mean? We're a little bit of an off-grid, serious, right. hardcore product. And people that have our stuff tend to know things. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, anyways, I got a little long-winded no, there, no, no, but no, I just okay. really wanted you to know where this was born from and the need. It wasn't a money play. It wasn't a let's build something the market wants. We're building things for anglers and more and more anglers uh, at a competitive level almost wanted more of this and that's what drove us bringing this to the market. Well, and our podcast reaches out to tournament folks and to uh, you know pretty avid fishermen. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do the interview was the fact that um, when you and I were out yesterday on, on uh, a boat um, and that was um, with Austin's Northwest Adventures. His boat's fully equipped with all your product. And I can tell everybody, first of all, it was one of the nicest boats I've been on in a, in a while. But the products that, you're, that your folks make uh, absolutely made the experience wonderful. And let's talk a little bit about some of the, the rod holders and things that they had on that boat. Yeah, and, you know, I just want to preface, you know, Austin Moser, he fishes, you know, close to 300 days a year and you know uh, one of the other guides had said that our products really cleaned up the boat it cleaned up his game right it really gets the rods out of the way and really everything that we're doing revolves around a fishing system and we have what we call our SRS which stands for sliding rail system so we have an aluminum sliding rail that bolts on the gunnel of your boat. You can bolt it on the side or bolt it onto the top. And then we have uh, modular products that slide onto them. So you can slide on a drink holder, you can slide, slide on a uh, our tackle tender, which holds your fishing rod or your rod straight up and down. The butt on the floor of the boat, you snap your rod in and the rod's vertical. It holds your flasher if you're using, uh, whether you're using a Pro Troll 360 flasher or a triangle flasher or kokanee flasher. If you're a walleye fisherman, it has a spot to hold your bottom bouncer. You can put your worm harness in there, your sinker. It keeps it all together. So, it, and as you noticed when we were fishing that, the bite was on for about an hour and a half. And I think it's much like in the bass industry, right? You wanna get more, keep your gear in the water longer yeah and and to be able to as you said when we were off the, the microphone you said when you pull up on a spot you want to be fishing in seconds right and our gear puts that right I mean it's right there it puts it all ready to go when you pull up you drop one two three and you're out there and you're fishing and and it works it's like this is stuff when people fish 250 300 days a year they know what holds up and what doesn't hold up um, you know, you go through the West Mooring Basin down there at uh, Astoria and start looking at the boats. Um, you know, it's pretty evident which products are really getting the job done. Now, with your uh, uh, sliding rail system, um, not only did we have one of the greatest rod holders I'd seen, but the, the uh, tackle tray can be multi-purpose, which was wonderful. Drink cup holder, another wonderful thing. But, you know, for those folks with the... Uh, I call them multi-species boat. That's where we're walleye fishing, bass fishing, kokanee fishing maybe. Um, you guys have a great cleaning table too. Oh yeah, our fillet table. We make it in two different sizes. And it's it 
I say snaps in, it slides right into our quick release system that's on the rail. So you can take your rod riser out, you can clip in a bimini top holder, you can take it out, you can click in our um, flay tables, take that out. Everything folds up so it fits into a compartment. And you know, I have a multi species boat, if you will. And uh, you know, I like to bring friends down and, and do the hat trick where one day. You know, um, oh, here's another one I wanted to just kind of pump the brakes a bit that we're really excited about, and the bass guys are really liking it. So on a multi-purpose boat, so I have one of my boats is a 23-foot precision weld jet boat. And if tomorrow you and I are going sturgeon fishing, I'm going to go out, and we have a quick-release uh, mount on the bow so we can uh, pull a pin take our anchor locker off or our anchor nest and put on our trolling motor, pin it on, and we're gonna go, uh, oh, excuse me, I got it backwards. We're gonna take our trolling motor off and we'll put our anchor nest on. You and I go out sturgeon fishing, we're anchoring off the bow. Um, I'm, we're gonna be using uh, 12 to 20 ounce weights. So we have a sinker tray with a sizing gauge that's gonna go under the gunnel. And then let's say the next day we want to go kokanee fishing. So we're going to come home that night, take the anchor nest off, put the, the trolling motor on, swap out trays, change some rod holders, reconfigure, and we're ready to go for the next species. But the thing that I wanted to point out, the feedback we're getting about our trolling motor mount is it seems to be one of the only quick release trolling motor mounts that's supporting the 112 pound thrust with the 72 inch shaft. And the bass industry has spoken mm -hmm. <laughs> and they like this product. And we're really proud. Nothing makes me more excited to see this, you know, beautiful Ranger boat or a ballistic boat or whatever sitting in a parking lot as I'm walking by or at a boat ramp and it's got our uh, trolling motor mount on the front. And the reason it's on there is because it works. Well, that I mean, that's so important. You know, if you have something that's not working, uh, guy guy losing a tournament because he can't get his trolling motor to work is a frustrating uh, event, you know? And, and so if you've got the mount on there and you can move that motor in and out of the way, get it on, into the boat when you're traveling. So. Ours can be padlocked so we can lock mm -hmm. the boat motor on, but okay. it's really, that multi-purpose, right? That modular fishing system. So I can reconfigure my boat for whatever species and target them. Ah. And it, it, it's really, you know, some people get it, some don't. Like I get on boats and you look around and you're like, man, how do you guys catch anything? You don't have nothing on your boat. Mm -hmm. And then you get on other boats and you're like, ah, oh, I see why you're catching stuff because you've got this and that. You know, just like our anchoring system. So we have a United States patent on our anchor. That's, that's, why? Because the United States Patent Office said it's, it's basically an ingenious design. And we don't call it anchoring, we call it precision anchoring. The guys that are using our anchors want to precision anchor their boat right on top of the fish. So like, 
not maybe not so much bass, but the perch and crappie guys. So here's what they're doing. So a lot of people look at our anchor and they go, well, I only I fish on a lake. I don't have a river. I don't have to anchor. Well, what we're doing, and this is the first time I'm really telling anybody about this, on our home water, we have a lot of wind. So we crappie fish in the winter or in the summer. We put our fish fighter anchor out. We get back. We, we'll spot suspended fish right usually crappie suspended or perched down on the bottom we're in 60 70 feet of water the wind's blowing 15 20 miles an hour how do you fish that it's very challenging to fish suspended fish in huge wind what we do is we set a waypoint we drive over the top of the fish into the wind we set our anchor in the water or deploy it and then we tie our anchor rope off and we start sliding back in the wind till we're over the top of the fish. Now we're holding in the middle of the lake and we're able to fish suspended. You with me? Mm -hmm. yep. Now as them fish move to the left or the right, mm -hmm. we can deploy our Minn Kota or uh, motor guide trolling motor in and now we use that to power ourselves to the left or the right. Now we're fishing in a 200 foot arc then as them fish move again we just back out more anchor rope and we slide back another 50 feet and then we swing on that arc when we get over the suspended fish we're back to jigging and you know I'll carry 600 feet of rope so we can fish several hundred feet back and you can see people from the shore looking at us going what are they doing how are they what are they doing out there because it makes no sense. But for us, we get the lake to ourselves. Uh, yeah, and that kind of wind. But again, this only work, This isn't going to work with a mushroom anchor um, at where you're sliding backwards. And then we have, I believe it's the best anchor retriever in the world. Um, it quick, uh, you set your anchor rope out, you're ready to go, you clip this on the line, you throw the buoy over, you drive forward, the ball and the gear slides down, grabs your anchor, floats your anchor up, put the rope in the bag, wow. and off you go. Um, I know that Game I, changers. Yeah, <laughs> I know that we fish uh, Boardman uh, every fall. We're up there for perch, and uh, we, we've got spots. I'm not going to give them away on the show here, um, but when we get there, we try to anchor lock with a, with a trolling motor. And if you're off five feet, you're out of the fish. Right. But it sounds like with your anchor system, if I pulled up on my waypoint, I could move side to side five feet. Right. Well, because especially with your anchor lock, if you get a lot of wind, it's just a struggle. Mm -hmm. It's a struggle. And I've been in Boardman, and it, yeah. you get wind. It's we, windy. Factly, where I live in Mountain Home, we don't even call it the wind. We call it the W. <laughs> we don't even speak its name. Let's just hope there's no W today. There you go. There but, you go. Again, why do 10% of the anglers catch 90% of the fish? Because we figured out a way to fish when the W is on. Mm. And it well, doesn't stop us. Well, and for a lot of folks that are, I'm sure, listening to the podcast, they, you know, they've got those regular jobs. And so they say, well, geez, Saturday is the day I get to go. And you can't control the weather. So you head out there and try to do your best. But if you've got... If you've got some advantages, you know, you can, number one, get on the fish, and, and uh, number two, you can have a more enjoyable day if your boat's holding 
steady in the wind and, and you're able to do some fishing. Well, Don, don't you believe that a big portion of successful fishing is boat control? Oh, absolutely. Especially when we get into walleye fishing. Now, those guys have got to have good boat control uh, out there. You know, no matter what the water condition or weather condition is, you know, if that boat's not where the fish are, you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. So, exactly. Yeah, and it's all these things that you start putting them all together. You know, I, I we we've been thinking of we want to make a really cool sweatshirt of of things that separate you know them ten percenters you know one of them that like really in almost all fishing you need to leave the boat ramp before the sun's up mm -hmm. agreed with that oh yeah in most fisheries um, you need to keep your rod tip up <laughs> right yeah and and I wanted to put on there. Um, we don't pay attention to the weather, but you know, that brings up a lot of things. But what I'm getting at is in our home waters, if, if Saturday's your day off and you're fishing with your friends and, and there's a 20 mile an hour wind, uh, we either go or we don't go, but we're going mm -hmm. and we had to learn ways to fish within that. And that's why some of our products are developed the way they are, yeah. you know, uh, serious uh, hardcore products for the serious fishermen. There you go. Well, now one of the things that you brought up, I want to. This was when we were just before we were recording, but I wanted to bring it back up because I think that uh, it was very important. Um, anybody who walks up and looks at a fire truck, how organized that truck is. I think your products can make your boat or one of our listeners' boats that organized. So yeah, I mean, if your house was on fire. Do you want the tow truck to show up where they get out and open the door and everything falls out? Or do you want the truck that shows up and they open the door and there's nothing in the compartments? No. You want that truck to show up, organized compartments, a place for everything, everything in its place, and somebody that knows how to use it and what its purpose is for. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, I, I had the great opportunity here at Fish Camp. We've been coming for seven years and I, you know, I was uh, sitting down with a couple guides last night and they were talking and as fast as they were talking, you know, I was just taking notes. And I think because I was taking notes, they talked more, right? And I was really listening to them. And one of the things that we all felt separates people is the mental aspect of it. Believing you can go out and catch fish and having that right equipment on your boat, like me, I know if you plan a trip with me and you're coming down to southern Idaho, we're not going to have to put that trip off for weather. We're going. Now, obviously, you know, we don't have coastal issues to deal with, right. but wind blow all you want. Oh, I said it. Sorry. <laughs> w blow all you want. Rain all you want. We're going fishing because we have the boat and the equipment to be successful in those yeah. types of conditions. And as a matter of fact, I'm not saying I look forward to it, but I sure appreciate going down and having an empty boat ramp. We saw it today, you know, yesterday, hundreds of boats. Oh yeah. And this morning, big winds, not so many boats there, but we saw people, we were there catching fish yeah, because exactly. they had the boats and the equipment and the knowledge to do it. But one of the things that you brought up that I think is so important, and that is the 
uh, belief that you're going to catch a fish. And um, I think for any any of my listeners who, once they have the lure or the bait or the plastic that's going to catch fish, and they're very confident in it, I think that's very, very important. But if your boat is organized and you're able to go, you know, I want that right there or I need that tray so that I can grab that lure, um, that just makes you that much more efficient. Well, and what a great segue into our tackle trays. And as I was pointing out to you, we have all those little holes drilled in the side. Well, why? Well, if you're pitching crankbaits and you're, it's not producing, you hang it in that hole. And every time, like, or we're using spinners. If it's every time one isn't working, we keep hanging it. And so when you're out on the water, you, you know, what was, which one was not producing, you can quickly look and see them hanging on the side of the tackle tray. Mm-hmm. And you go, them are all eliminated for the day. And vice versa, maybe it's time to go back through them when the sun come out. You know, out here we had bait in the morning and hardware in the, uh, yeah. in the yeah. afternoon when yeah. the sun come out. But being able to know what's working and what's not working at a glance is critical. Rod placement on the boat, you know, where you want everybody standing, where do you want the rod holders? Like our, our rod risers. And for those of you listening, our rod risers, they mount into our quick release on the gunnel and they go up and out. We have about six different widths and lengths. They move your rod butt out of the boat. They push your rods so they're hanging out the boat. And I've had guys say, well, I don't troll much. I don't need that. Okay. If you ever fish on anchor or off the beach out of the back of your boat, do you ever, when you walk around the boat, are you hitting your rod butts because they're sticking inside the gunnel? Well, yes. Well, our system puts your rod butts outside the boat. Does that make sense? So it's making your boat wider. Wider, yeah. Absolutely. So if you're walleye fishing or if you're kokanee fishing or just just uh, still fishing, you know, uh, non-active fishing, boy, uh, when we were out yesterday and we were able to have all those rods, there were six of us on the boat plus the captain, uh, we all had rods out of the way. You could walk up and down the, uh, the aisle of that boat so much more comfortable. Well, we've talked a lot about the product, but let's talk about how do you get it? What's right. the process to get it? <laughs> so it's been a big moment for me in Portland area. Uh, uh, Fisherman's uh, Supply. Fisherman's Marine or, Supply. Me, Fisherman's Marine Supply is now carrying our products. And I couldn't be more thrilled with that. That was a big, just as an angler, I really liked that store. And um, whenever we would travel through from Idaho, we always made it a point to stop there. They're now carrying our products. Mm-hmm. It's It's been a great relationship. And uh, to even further that in the Portland area is Stevens Marine. And they've been with us for uh, a long time, working together with them. We make uh, products for their uh, Luma welds and it's been just a win-win situation there. Um, I just can't say enough about the relationship with Stevens Marine and they're big supporters of Fish Fighter. They, they're one of the largest stocking dealers in, in our network. If you're outside of that area, jump right on to fishfighterproducts.com and you can buy directly from us. Well, that is is great to know, Chuck, because if you're the do-it-yourselfer and you want to go to Fisherman's Marine Supply, 
and you want to go over to Fisherman's Marine Supply. Of course, there's uh, several locations, uh, Oregon City, and there's one over in southwest Portland and Tigard. And of course, there's the one out uh, at Delta Park. You can stop in there and buy the product, put it on yourself, or if you go to Stevens Marine, they have a shop, and I'll bet you they would install it. Yeah, I want to clarify. Right now, we're in the Delta Park store. Okay. But the guys will send you up there to Delta Park, and uh, that is their biggest location, I believe. So, yeah. The one thing that I do want to say is, you know, since COVID hit, we're just like everybody else. Uh, you know, today in our facility, we had uh, one of the persons in our shop came in contact with somebody. So immediately they're out for 10 days. And this has been repeating itself. So our lead times have slipped. We're doing everything we can to keep up with production. But the one thing that I would just ask is if you want something for your boat, Try to plan ahead when you order with us so we can make sure we can get it built on time for you. Yeah, and I would probably stay on the website, keep watching. I, I mean, it seems like you're developing new products all the time, too. So so just don't go look once. Go look several times. Don, you have no, how hard, you have no idea how hard it is. We have some, we believe, some industry-changing products. And we wanted to release some here at Fish Camp. But due to the fact that we're so far behind in production, due to things that are beyond our control, we didn't feel it was right to introduce new products. You know, if you made an order with us and you've been waiting two, three, four weeks for it, and then you see we introduce new products, you're gonna say, well, why don't you focus on getting me my stuff? And that's really what we're doing. So we've shelved our new products and we're hoping to be completely caught up by January and in January or February, we believe we're going to rock this industry. Very nice. Well, Chuck, it has been great visiting with you. Uh, I can't wait to get this out uh, to my listeners, and uh, and I hope to uh, try a couple of your products on my boat because I think it could really help. So thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, again, thanks, Chuck, for building some of the great products that you do for our boats. Now, I will have the website for Oregon Kayak Bass Fishing down in the show notes. And I'll have the web address for Fish Fighter Products also down in the show notes. If you would like to order some of their products, just click on their website there. They've got the entire showroom ready for you to order. Well, this puts a wrap on this episode of Talking Bass in PDX. For show ideas or feedback, email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from everyone. And thanks, everybody. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass and PDX, and I'll see you on the backcast. Mm-hmm.